We've been talking to Des and his manager for some time and we're trying to find a resolution. We're not quite there yet. You said it was a significant board meeting. Was there decisions made? Oh, we're still in discussion, to be fair. But we need to bring this to a head. It sounds to me like Des has coached his last game. Well, look, I can't, can't really comment on that yet, but you know, we certainly have some bridges to mend. There's a lot of community support and fan support for Des. Uh, it must be very hard to go against that. Oh, I mean, this is an incredibly emotional issue. You know, Des walked out on us back in 2011. I was the one that picked up the phone to bring him back to the club um, when no one else wanted him. And so this is not a place that we want to be. Let's be real. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a disappointing place for all of us. Um, and it's very emotional. We have a premiership winning team. What we need is a football department that can get us back there as quickly as possible. Will you be sad if Des goes? Of course. I mean, he's a legend of the club. What qualities do you like in Anthony Seabold? Well, Anthony has been at the club before. He demonstrated you know, phenomenal intellect, great tactician, really good with the players. He's shown he's got credentials as a head coach. We're still working through you know, our pathway, whether that's assistant to start or, or the full process but right now we we have identified him as as someone we're very interested in and someone who certainly you know had had a few false starts himself but is very capable and would would do a tremendous job Danny Widler Nine News Forward sizzle. There's one club, and I'm sure he's already gotten the phone to the management. As if Gus Gould hasn't made phone calls. Oh, the great Gus Goulding. You you had Tom Trebojevic at fullback and Jake Trebojevic in the Canterbury pack. It's just a no-brainer. There is no way known Gus hasn't already put the feelers out. Now, before I ask each of these boys to whisper their secret, let me say that I know that long after I have retired and I look back on this show, the memory of this secret will always be one of the brightest ones in my whole entire time. Oh, have we got secrets? I'll tell them that much. Welcome to the Recruitment Whisperers. Oh, not their footage yet. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 265 of Not The Footy Show, I'm Warwick Nicholson, that is Rob Cox, Rugby League, Coxsmith, it's the game that keeps on giving, because not only have we released the first episode of The Recruitment Whisperers, but the topic that you brought up on episode one of The Recruitment Whisperers has already come to a head, because Desmond Hasler, gone. And it's like a soap opera for men, isn't it? It's, it's wonderful, it just, it's, the, it's the gift that keeps on giving, NRL in the off-season. Uh, what, what yeah, Desi, Desi, Desi gone. Uh, so, I sent you the yeah. link of Scott Penn's comments to the dart thrower a couple of days ago. Did you watch it or not? Uh, no, I read the comments. So. <laughs> okay. Well, essentially, uh, yeah, Scotty Penn not enamoured with Desmond is the way I'd read it. Uh, Scotty Penn thinks that the club's done a wonderful job of recruiting Premiership winning talent, so he's not a fan of Desmond. And somehow, in amongst all this. Scotty Penn has been 
uh, drinking the bathwater of uh, one supercoach Seabold because he thinks he's a genius, Cocksmith. How has this happened? The story's not about Des. People, if you've, you've tuned in to Recruitment Whispers number two, this isn't about Desmond. This is all about supercoach Seabold somehow convincing a fine, upstanding citizen that he can coach because he's just walked into a plum gig after basically butchering the Broncos job. Well, yeah, mate. I mean, look, there's not too many blemishes on his record at South other than not really having a game plan to beat the Roosters in a semi-final. Uh, but then he went to the Broncos um, full of uh, full of bravado and he was going to win a premiership. And how long did he last? Was it one and a half seasons? Yeah, 38 games. he was games. speared. Yeah, how many games. did he win of those 38, mate? 14. He was 11, 14 13 and 1. 38. 11, 13, and 1 in uh, 19, and then um, 3 and 10 in 13 games before it all came crashing down during the COVID year. Uh, And he pretty much admitted to everybody that he had no answers. This genius had no answers at eight months in. Yeah, look, how this bloke is going to turn around a a very um, Hasler, pro Hasler team Mm. into his own team is, is. Really, one of the great mysteries of the world. Uh, how he's going to how he's going to turn around the Trebovich ship um, and get them heading in the direction where he wants them to go is going to be a, a miracle in itself. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know I don't know what Seabold says. All I can say about Seabold is that seemingly he has a great boardroom game. <laughs> he's got a very strong boardroom game. He's very convincing. Um, to the, the people above him that he's able to do this job. And the Broncos fell for it. Uh, <laughs> and I'd say that looks like um, Manly and, and their board and their chairman have fallen for it. Um, so good luck, Manly, because, yeah, I, 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 I'm not seeing a, a pretty end to this. Yeah, because as, as I opened with it, the story's Seabold here. It's not Des. But the fact with Des is, is that he squeezed what he could out of this group. They had their run last year and it came um, apart in the semis, which the way they'd been playing, it can unfurl in the, se- in the semifinals. You can't play up-tempo all the time. And that's what happened to them last year. They ran, uh, they basically uh, fed off Tommy the whole year. Didn't have Tommy this year and the, you know, the lack of adventure, I guess I'd say. Um in changing things for Desmond, probably caught up with him this year in this offseason and probably towards the back end of the year. I think lost seven in a row. They also lost to the Dogs after leading, what, 16-0 in the last round. Uh, we may have said it in yep. off-air, but that was pretty much, I thought, the the end of Desmond uh, at Manly. He couldn't get up for that game and show some respectability at the end of the year. And now it's the situation was that we got told that Seabold had basically been said, we've got you a gig at Manly, come back. Come. Apparently he's coached at Manly before. I didn't know that. Uh, he must have been on an assistant. assistant. When was the assistant? To, to Baz. To, ah, to, okay. So yeah, Barrett, Barrett, did a, Barrett did amazing things at Manly. You know, <laughs> they did so well, that, that little uh, duo of Seabold. Well, he's just, in that case, it's Seabold just following in old uh, Trent's footsteps because uh, yeah. somehow Baz got another job after that. <laughs> um, and now Seabes <laughs> has got one. But Desmond basically gets in a situation where Everything he's been doing, just it un- unravels without Tommy there, which is fair enough. They've still got, as Penn pointed out, they've got premiership-winning players. Do they have a premiership-winning roster? Well, no, but uh, he believes they do. So he wanted to bring in Seabold as the assistant coach with a view to being in charge next year. And I think what that was was 
Penn's way of saying, Desi, you're done. Uh, we'll make yep. it as difficult as possible for you next year while you're still under contract. And um, if uh, you don't like it, well, you know, there's the door. And fortunately for Manly, yep. he didn't, or who knows, Des may have allegedly pulled off a few uh, doors off the hinges at Manly HQ this week and the way it all went down. But in that audio that I played at the start of the video, Penn, he's, he's, it's over. He knows Des isn't coming back. And he, he makes a point to say, and that's, I thought this was the most interesting thing about his comments to uh, the dart thrower was he said, well, Desi left us, you know, he jilted us at the end of 2011 after we won a comp. He, he didn't leave that out. Uh, and he also made the point that he was the one that brought Desi back when no one wanted to hire him as a coach. So, yeah, I, even though there'd been a story in the last 24 hours saying, oh, he's agreed to all these terms, Des was never coming back. This was this was done. Yeah, sounds a bit petty. Sounds like, uh, oh, sounds like Mr. Penn... Sounds like Mr. Penn um, is holding a little bit of a grudge for 2011. That's 11 years ago, man. I mean, mm. I, you've, got to let, you've got to let it go at some stage. You would have thought Des going back there um, would have healed, you know, wounds and, and they would have got over it, but obviously not. Um, yeah, it's a mess, mate. It's a mess for a couple of reasons. It's a mess because they're, they're throwing out, uh, a, you know, a two premiership, twice Premiership winning coach. Yeah. Um, they're going to get they're going to get quite a few few of the players offside, uh, and some of those might be their premiership players that they're talking of, mm-hmm. and um, and they replaced them with a bloke who um, you know couldn't win a chook raffle in, in Brisbane. Um, to be fair, I mean, you know, what was it again? How many games in Brisbane? Tell us again. Hang on, I've opened it up. I was just looking at Des's record. Yeah, a better winning percentage at Canterbury than it at Manly. Believe it or not. Uh, yep. Back to the great man, Supercoach Seabold. In uh, 39 games, sorry, 38 games. Yep. He yeah, 14, win, 14, 14 wins, 23 losses, one draw. Yeah, it's, it's abysmal, right? It's absolutely abysmal. And he lost the dressing room. Um, well, that's the, that's, yeah, that was my next, next point. And go into your saying, but I'll jump on this when you're done. Yeah, oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, like how you can look at that record and go, yep, this is our man. We'll get rid of Desi. He's our man. Um, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm in disbelief today about that. Uh, you know, I'd understand it if they said someone like Tuvi or someone that, uh, you know, or even someone like Jason Riles or you know, some up-and-coming new coach that is unproven that they're going to roll the dice on. I'd get it. But they're getting, they're getting a bloke in who has a record coaching NRL and it's not one to be envied. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss, mate. Well, one of the words that Penn used was he's great with the players. <laughs> okay. I'm it's sure his relationship with the players, players was fantastic when he left them after a year. I'm sure they were stoked. <laughs> you saw how much they loved Wayne Bennett when he turned up. It's like, oh, yeah. you might stick around for a little while. Uh, yeah. Can I just give you the record for Supercoach Seabold? His first seven games at Brisbane. So... First seven games of uh, 2019. What do you reckon his record was in the first seven games? In, in seven? Uh, oh. Eight games, sorry. In eight games. In eight games. In the first eight games of, of 2019, what do you reckon his record was? Win-loss. Jesus, this is, this is a win-loss, I'd, it, I'd it, say. Have a guess. I mean, I've... I've two and five. Well, that's, that's only equals seven, not eight. So it's two and six. I thought you said seven. I did say okay. seven initially, but I can't count. Uh, he, he, beat, he beat Cronulla and he beat North Queensland. He lost to Melbourne, the Dragons, 
Roosters, Tigers, Raiders, and Souths in his first eight games at Brisbane. Okay, they ended up having an okay end of the season uh, by making the semis and getting absolutely the semis. punished. They got destroyed by, by Parramatta, fifty-eight to nil in the last yeah. in the in the first semi-final. So remember him saying, oh, "I've got a young roster. You know, we'll be back. It's about what we we do after this that's important." And you know, we've got some of the best young talent, some of the best forward pack, and blah, 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 blah. all the things that, as you said, the sweet tongue, the ability to put honey out there for people to think, oh, you're a genius. He then opened 2020 with two wins and then COVID hit. All right. Upon resumption in 2020, after having ostensibly, you know, time to speak to the players and figure out, okay, how are we going to play this, this season out? You know, boys, you're with me. Let's get on the back and let's, let's really make a run at it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games or so, or twelve or thirteen games. How many wins before it was all over? Jeez, uh, I thought he, I thought they lost about twelve in a row, didn't they? <laughs> they won one game. They beat Canterbury, <laughs> twenty-six to eight. They lost. Yep. This is. I, I'm just going to read it to you because it just bears. It's the resume. He lost thirty-six, uh, thirty-four to six to Para, fifty-nine nil to the Roosters, twenty to eighteen to Manly. 27 to 6 to the Knights, 30 to 12 to the Titans, 26 to 6 to the Warriors, who never played at home in like three years. Then they beat the Bulldogs 26 to 8. Then he lost to the Tigers 48 0, which I remember that being the game where you just went, someone just <laughs> get him out. Just get him out. He sat in that press conference and it was just dead man, like not sitting, it wasn't even walking in that lovely uh, RM Williams checkered shirt. And then he got smashed by Melbourne 46 to 8, beaten by the Sharks 36 26 in the final game. Ironically enough, against South Sydney and Uncle Benny in the box opposite him, 28 to 10. And that was the end of the Supercoach Seabold era. After all the sledge we've done of old Supercoach, he's actually picked up a plum gig. Let's be perfectly honest. He's waltzed into a team that's got Daly Cherry Evans, uh, Jake Trebojevic, Tom Trebojevic, and some other pieces that aren't too bad. He's done extremely well for himself. But are they going to play for him? Hmm. Mm, well, this brings us to the Recruitment Whisperers, episode two, people. Where's yeah. Jake and Tommy going? Yeah, well, I think I think that, you know, it's a loaded question and it's got lots of facets. And I, I wonder if, if Hasler's going to coach again and if he is, where he's going. And then I could probably tell you where the Trevoyevich brothers are going to go. Are they that tight? Is that how you read it? That they're really, really, really so. tight? I think so, mate. I think so. But also, well, let's they were, be honest, but not okay? anymore. So. Oh, yeah, um, I don't know about that. Um, I think, um, you know, they're, they're apparently between the two of them, they're on two million bucks. Yeah, they both signed identical deals, I thought it was, or pretty close to identical. Yeah. Now, unfortunately for Tom, he's got he's got a very uh, long and um, kind of blemished record as far as injuries go. I think he's played about 35 games in three years. Or so, mm. um, which doesn't represent great value for money, does it? But on the other side of that, if you can get Tom to play twenty games a year exactly. for you, you're going to win a lot of those games because he's so he's has such an impact and he's you know he's very very um, uh, dominant when he's playing. You know, so I think he could end up anywhere, mate, and and. Who, who knows? Um, maybe Uncle Benny's eyes have lit up, well, thinking this, he needs this, he, this he needs it. someone. He needs someone. He hasn't really got a signing there yet. 
got stood up on the altar by old Cameron Munster. Who knew that would happen? And um, But Tommy, you were talking about injuries and people probably know this stat, but I'm going to read it anyway. His first game, first year in first grade, nine, nine games. Then he played 23, 23, 22. And the last four years, he's played 12, 7, 18 and 7 uh, games for the um, Manly side. None surprisingly, apart from this last season, they had winning records in in all those seasons, even though they've been shortened seasons from his point of view. There's one club, and I'm sure he's already gotten the phone to the management. As if Gus Gould hasn't made phone calls. Oh, the great had, Gus Goulding. You, you, made, you, you had Tom Trebojevic at fullback and Jake Trebojevic in the Canterbury pack. It's just yeah. a no-brainer. There is no way known Gus hasn't already put the feelers out. Because if you remember, there was a certain Super League war that happened, and Gus... Did all the right things, he, you know. We we spoke for the uh, establishment, and you know this is all wrong. People are playing for heaps of money, and yada yada yada. We're just gonna, you know, we're gonna fight against uh, corporate greed and all this kind of stuff. And then just quietly on the side, Phil Gould convinced Brad Fittler to leave the Panthers and come to the Roosters. He convinced mm-hmm. Matt Singh to come to the Roosters. A few other players. He tried to get Ricky Stewart to come to the Roosters. He tried to get Bradley Clyde to come to the Roosters. Gus. Can say all the right things, and we love Gus. We love Gus on this podcast. But there is just no way, no how he's sitting by going, yeah, I'm happy if we don't get the Trebojeviches. That's that's the team. That's the team that can, can can make it happen and where they fit the best. There's nobody else even in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, if you, if you, if you envisage the Bulldogs team with, the, with both Trebojevic brothers, or maybe all three, but mm-hmm. especially Jake and Tom, um, you've got yourself a top eight team right there. Yep. There's no way known that they're not making the top eight as long as Tom plays a fair few games. Um, yep. You know, and the work ethic that both of those lads have got would be a great, um, uh, you know, by osmosis to rub that off onto a few of uh, the young up-and-coming Bulldogs as well. They're probably a great fit, mate. Uh, I don't know what they've got under the cap and if they can fit it, but... Um, oh, caps caps are made to be broken, we know that, as in terms of you can get rid of players whenever you want if you've got other players coming in. Sure. Sure. Manly, Manly will fight tooth and nail for them. But the fact is, if they don't want to be part of Manly, um, you can't make them. It's like every, other, like every other player that breaks contracts. If, if the player doesn't want to play, you can't force them. You're cactus. You know? uh, there's two other teams in Sydney that badly need them. Well, we'd look but, good in the red V. Well, I was going to say, but do you have any faith at all that Hook Griffin, A, is going to be no. there, but B, no. has the management... That says, no. "Oh, let's get two players in their prime rather than buying guys who are either no. reserve graders or thirty-three years old." Not, not a chance in hell, mate. Not a snowball's chance in hell of them going to the Dragons. I'll give you one more team that I think is an outside chance, simply because of the West Tigers. Exactly, they've got the they've got the people in place that could convince them. They do, yeah. And they're yeah. out of the demandables. They're no longer, even though um, <laughs> Manly going, even though they, even though Tommy and Jake would have swapped the demandables of Manly, but demandables at uh, Concord. Now there is actually a um, there's a legitimate uh, centre of excellence there now. They're, yep. they're the team that they could make it happen. They really could. And it's, you know, how, how shifty is Sheenzy? Because we know he is. We know he's got that. And, and oh, Sheenzy could yeah. convince them. I'm sorry, Tigers fans, yep. to get your hopes up, but you're in, you're in with a shot. If they hit the free agent market in any form, this is, this is something that Timmy will make happen. He will make every opportunity there. He'll do exactly what Gus is going to do. They'll be on the phone already. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, another good fit, mate. And 
there's probably there's probably a bunch of clubs that could you could would want them, but I think those those three clubs there are probably the ones that could use them the best. Yeah. Um, the Bulldogs, the Tigers, um, and the Dragons. You know, and, and well, the Dragons aren't going to get them, but and the <laughs> Dolphins. Yeah. Throw, um, let me throw one more team. Throw one one more team at you. This is what we do on recruiting yeah. whispers. We throw teams out there. Who knew? Who knew that was a good um, avenue to listeners? If South Sydney decided that Latrell was too much trouble and Cody Walker wasn't worth the money, they could get both of them. Russell Crowe then, could, could yeah, go. They're not letting Latrell go, mate. I don't think. I, I don't think. But what happens if they let Cody walk? Well, that wasn't, if Cody that wasn't a walks, pun, by the way. If Cody walks, I mean, Latrell then might be on the way out. Mm. Just saying. Pretty tight. Because Cody's 33 this year. Yeah. Just, yeah just, he's not young. Just, just saying. It's, it's interesting. There's nobody else that yeah. even comes close in the whole discussion. As much as we'd love to link the Roosters there, um, somehow, <laughs> I guess he can play centre, Tommy. They've got about 17 oh, fullbacks. Um, they'll be fine. Uh, but uh, that's that's the that's the whole situation with Manly. I hope you enjoyed that because we've got a couple of really big newses. Newses is that the right word? Newses. Other bits of whispers. Newses. Newses. Uh, Danny Levi signed the Canberra <laughs> uh, for two years. As Ricky pretty much says, Tommy Starling, you are not my guy. Thoughts? Uh, well, uh, the first thought is um, Danny Levi is going to become the modern day Phil Blake pretty soon. <laughs> uh, he's played for a lot of clubs. Um, and secondly, I don't know if Danny Levi is your man, Ricky. He's only 25. Not sure. He's not, know, he's, not but... he's not old, old. I, I don't hate it no. from a depth point of view. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you can have someone who can play first grade, not a bad thing to have on your roster. I'm sure, he wasn't expensive. Uh, we've got another kid called Adrian Trevelyan who got a taste last year or this last season, but then injured most of the rest of the year. I, my, my read on it is, is that uh, Ricky doesn't think Tommy's absolutely his guy. And from his use of him in the last couple of years, uh, it's not exactly um, unveiling you know, an atom bomb or something in terms of uh, development for me. The other one is that he doesn't think the young fellow is quite ready to play first grade. So I get the move from a Canberra point of view. Uh, the other bit of whisper going around is they've actually signed five Dragons Juniors. Uh, did you see this yep. little article? Um, did not which, see that one, mate. 18-year-olds. And apparently all the people in the Illawarra who have seen all these players leave are absolutely ropeable that they've been poached. So yep. give it a few years and we'll see if that was worth it. Aaron Penne signed a massive deal with the, the Warriors after about 10 minutes off the bench for the Storm. Craig Bellamy's a genius. He knew he couldn't, couldn't keep him last year, so he let him walk. And then he gets him back. He'll get him on a bargain deal. Bargain deal. They need another front rower. They get another front rower. He'll get beyond nothing. And uh, he gets the player basically back without really much of a, an issue in terms of development. Bellamy, just these, these coaches know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah, well, you know, we've seen this a couple of times with Bellamy, um, lose a player and get him back. Mm. Um, you know, he, the players dead set like him. I mean, there's not too many players that walk away from Melbourne and yeah. then, you know, Get stuck into Bellyag, you know. They they want to go. They they want to be there, but either they get squeezed out or or you know, something else happens. A lifestyle change. Um, mate, he is he's a he's a legit genius. He, he is. So this will be his last um, last year, possibly at Melbourne, until he changes his mind for the fifteenth time. But Aaron Penne back until he goes to them. The, and until he goes to the Broncos. You heard it here first. <laughs> Seabold <laughs> uh, will get another chance. What are you talking about? Uh, Jordan McLean, fresh off the press, has um, just signed a one-year deal with the uh, Cowboys to stay there. 
uh, I would imagine it's on a lot less money than what he signed to go there in the first place. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what he's signed on for in the you know uh, the last one, but this one will be left for less for sure. A couple other bits of news that we just missed on the last episode of the Recruitment Whisperers. Sean Lane signed a new three-year deal, taking through the end of 2026. Uh, Jacob Arthur and Sean Russell both re-signed. Jacob Arthur, the grand final hero. And <laughs> Jack Murchie <laughs> um, got a two-year deal at Parramatta. Uh, he's, Good yeah. on you, Jack. He, he, look, he, he, could, he could fill that 17th man role. I don't think he's going to start for him, but, uh, you know, you've got you to add some depth at this time of year. You get the ones that haven't quite got deals of any length and you go, who can who can just add them a squad? And, and I'd say that the Jack Murchie deal, the Sean Russell deal, uh, but the Sean Lane, great pickup. Oh, great, great hold on for them, Parramatta, given yeah. the Isaiah Papali, who's definitely gone. Well, now, wasn't there a couple of late additions to the uh, World Cup as well, mate? Didn't, um, didn't Mitchell Moses uh, jump on the bird and fly over there for Lebanon? Yeah, I thought he was in the squad originally. There's some interesting ones. We'll, we actually will talk We'll talk World Cup in the next pod. We'll do a very quick pod, just our views on um, all the teams except for Australia, because we gave you a pod before and I've had... By popular demand, people want to know what we think about New Zealand in particular. So oh, yeah. we will wrap up the Recruitment Whisperers here. This is episode 265. That's been Rob Cox. I've been Warwick Nicholson. Hope you've enjoyed it. This is a new kind of format where we actually talk about things with a realistic viewpoint, except for the fact we've basically linked all uh, the Trebojevic brothers to the 15 clubs in Sydney. Uh, <laughs> classic, classic, classic tabloid media. Uh, you can yeah. grab uh, the podcast, obviously, everywhere where we do podcasts. This is why you're listening to it now. We'd love a review if you've got one. And uh, we will speak to you on the next episode, which will be 266, which will be more World Cup because that starts on the weekend. Cocksmith takes out. Absolutely. Pepsi. Not the show. Show? You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi.